Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Future Construct podcast. I am your host, Amy Peck. We have a fantastic guest today. We have John Rigg, who is the technology strategist at Kiwit Innovation Group. Welcome, John. Thank you very much. We had a hard time saying that today, this morning, for some reason. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I looked at a, a, a lot at your, at, you know, your history and your career, and and you've had um, pr- a pretty amazing journey. And so I'd love to just start with, you know, how did you get started in this industry? Was this always a passion? Was it family? Like, what drove you towards tech and the AEC industry? Yeah, it's a little bit of both tech and AEC. So. Uh, technology. Uh, I've, I was always interested in technology as a kid. I used to take part um, the phones, and fortunately, my family worked for the phone company, so we got free phones. And uh, sometimes I actually was able to put them back together, and uh, <laughs> so that was a good thing that I got free phones. Uh, and then I went to on a school. I went to engineering school for electronic engineering. Uh, always interesting on interested on how things work and and uh, uh, how things were working together with other things. Um, and then I, I went. I went into IT. Uh, and worked for a company called Level Three Communications, which was a great journey. Uh, it was a Qwit company, which uh, Qwit is a construction company, uh, but they spin off a lot of other companies. So they took uh, uh, fourteen billion dollars that uh, Qwit had in reserve, spun that off, and created a, a giant telecom company. And uh, it was really interesting to be in on that in the startup and to create something new. Uh, and then I uh, I moved back to Omaha. I was in Denver, um, and came back to Kiwit itself, and and worked in the construction side of the the company. Um, knew the the culture very well from working at Level Three, uh, so I've been working at Kiwit on the construction side uh, since 2011. And uh, I started off at Kiwit Technology Group, which is the IT wing of the company. Uh, your your typical IT, which uh, does ERP systems and email and um, fixes printers and that type of thing. Uh, and uh, I was part of the architecture group there as an enterprise architect. And one of the first things we got access to was uh, the Microsoft HoloLens. And uh, that really kind of spurred uh, uh, the innovation group that we're part of today is that was really one of the first things that we've done with innovation and, and construction uh, we put together a SWAT, SWAT team to understand augmented reality and how it could be used. Uh, and it was a really successful team that we put together. Um, and then out of that uh, has grown our, our innovation group at, at Kiwit here today. Uh, and we uh, help our, our, our districts uh, perform better, excuse me, um, perform better um, with uh, operations and safety. And we listen to what they have as problems and we help them solve that with technology or, or processes. And, and we also bring technology to them because a lot of times um, you don't know what the art of possible is until you see it. So something like augmented reality, uh, until you put it on your head, you have absolutely no concept of how you can use it. I, this is music to my ears because I'm I'm always a big believer that in addition to, you know, kind of traditional innovation hubs and traditional R&D centers within companies, that IT be part of that innovation cycle. Because 
I don't have to tell you, but integrating these devices, which are relatively new in this in the world, um, you know, into legacy systems is incredibly challenging. And the earlier you have IT in saying, okay, this is where we're going to hit a snag. This is how we have to look at this, and this is how you know the, we need to control the data flows. Um, so. It's also a little bit unusual to have IT so heavily involved in that frontline innovation. So was that your, you know, impetus and saying, hey, we need to look at this or was that already happening at the company? Uh, it, it was kind of a group effort in technology group. Uh, we, as I said, we, we started with the, the HoloLens as a technology piece and we grew that. Uh, and I think because IT is used to doing uh, the due diligence, doing project management, doing ROI, um, and we're used to uh, working in really high technical uh, technologies. Um, it really is a good fit for us. And, and we work really hard at uh, sitting with the business and understanding what they're doing, what their problems are. Uh, I'm an IT guy. From, you know, I, I grew up doing IT. I, I, know, don't, I know this much about construction. Uh, so we try to get out in the field and, and talk to the people out in the field, really understand what their problems are and learn from them. Uh, and that's really the kind of the, the benefit is that that partnership with the business partnership with the field uh, to help enable what they um, need to do. No, and I think, I think that's actually a, a very good point. And, and the fact that you're not a construction person in a lot of ways, I think it's, it then gives you the freedom to look at some of the challenges of the business units from a completely different angle. Like they're going to be looking at it head on and because they know all the ins and outs, but in some ways it's hard for them to, to step back and go, all right, actually we could come at it from this angle. So I think actually it sounds like a, uh, it's, it's a, a successful setup. Um, and, and with AR and, and, you know, HoloLens coined the term, uh, you know, mixed reality, which is, which is really, cause it's a, um, you know, when that first came out, that was, you know, the best device on the market. And it's still uh, a fantastic device as it, you know, evolved into um, HoloLens 2. You know, what are some of the um, use cases that you've you've been able to find and uncover uh, and deploy, you know, on 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 site with your teams? Yeah, with I mean, HoloLens is, is in, in AR is a really interesting technology something that's, that's really foreign to just about everybody. It's not something that's your, your typical Windows or Mac or, or whatever, you know, device. It's something pretty brand new to, to your experience. And so um, when we first got it, we looked at the low-hanging fruit, you know, things that, that were easy to do. Um, with augmented reality, you work with, with three-dimensional models uh, to, to do holograms a lot, right? And uh, Fortunately, in construction, we have BIM models. We have models we work in three dimensions all the time. So uh, it was pretty natural for us to to bring those models into the HoloLens. And uh, really, the first low hanging fruit that we looked at was really just visualization and, and communication and and, uh, and design. So we we had done a lot of proof of concepts uh, before there was anything to, to use in the HoloLens. You know, the um, when the augmented reality first came out that you would have like floating ballerinas and astronauts and things like that, or whales that would, would uh, swim by, which is not exactly <laughs> construction related and, and very difficult to sell a premise, you know, to somebody at a job site, you know, how a, a whale will help them in their work. Um, <laughs> so we, we formed a team and, and spent a lot of time 
just be bringing in the models. It took us probably a month to bring our first model into uh, augmented reality. Uh, and after that, we got a little bit better at it. And uh, really one of our first big proof of concepts that we did uh, was um, working with uh, Alaska Airlines. Uh, we were building a hangar for them up in Anchorage. And um, what they wanted to, they had this vision of this hangar that they were, they wanted to build and they were working on it for two years. And uh, so we brought the, their hangar into um, augmented reality and, and brought it up to them. So they, we actually gave our, our, had our architect give a tour through their hangar to uh, seven of their executives. Uh, so they, they walked through uh, in a big conference room, they walked through their hangar and we had a, we parked a big 737 in their conference room uh, and they were able to walk around that and their facilities and understand that. And one of the really interesting things about that proof of concept is that uh, the architect that had developed this uh, model for the hangar was giving the tours. And as he gave the tours, he, he understood that uh, he had put a door in a slightly wrong position. And so this is a person that's been working with the model for at least a year knows it inside and out, but until he got into it at a one-to-one ratio and, and you know experienced the space, he didn't really make the connection that the door was slightly in the wrong position. So uh, if you imagine in construction space, about change orders, right? Uh, being able to prevent as much change up as possible up front. Uh, if you do it in the planning stage, it's, it's much cheaper than ripping out a door and replacing it uh, after it's been put in. So that was really one of the unique uh, uh, um, things we did with that uh, from the early stages of things. Uh, I think now as we're, we're working with it more, we're trying to push it closer to the field uh, and, and get the people that are, are doing the work uh, to, to experience it. And, and that's, that's a harder challenge because of the environment and because of the people that are working with it. Yeah, that's that has always been one of the challenges because as great as the devices are, they're they're not as you know ruggedized as as I think we'd like them to be. Um, those environments are challenging. Often you have to wear a hard hat. I know there are, are rigs that 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 work with with Hololens, um, but do you find that it's it's the environment or is there some reticence? Because a lot of times you know, you've got you know workers out there and they have been using the same pro you know process for twenty years. And you come in and you go, okay, let's put these on. And is, is, you know, is that more of a challenge or is it really just bringing them into these, you know, challenging environments? It's probably a couple of different things. One is, one is the environment. Uh, um, you doing um, holograms in really bright environments outside um, doesn't work very well. Uh, so we've had to do things like put window tinting on the, on the goggles just to be able to see them outside. Right. Wow. Um and, and that that really actually did help. Um, the other is, is that uh, something like a, a Hololens or, or, or augmented reality um, isn't really socially acceptable. Uh, having something on your head that's really strange. Um, I guarantee you, we, we learn this a lot when we do demos. That if we do demos in a in a crowded room with a lot of people, they'll wear it for about a minute because people will be taking pictures of them and pointing with them and waving in front of them and say, you know, can you see me? That type of thing. Um, but if we bring them into the, a room by themselves, they'll have it on for 15 minutes to a half hour. Yeah. Um, just because a lot, like everybody, they don't like being made a fool of or made, made look foolish and having something 
awkward on your head that looks like uh, Jordy LaForge from Star Trek, you know, <laughs> it, it makes you feel a little weird, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So part of it, and, and that's like Google Glass as well. I think people, it wasn't really socially acceptable and it didn't really last that long. Uh, so that's that's another aspect of it. And then just really the other part of it is, is the technology is 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 so foreign to people that uh, people that aren't very technical getting to be used in the field um, takes a little bit of training. So uh, that takes some handholding. Um, I do a lot of work with a lot of different technologies, and some I can just send to people uh, in the mail and have them use uh, things like augmented reality and Hololens. I really need to be there and show them how to use it, work with them, be by their side and, and kind of coach them on, on how to use it. So yeah. uh, it's something that that's improving, um, you know, as the technology improves and, and doing AR on things like iPads uh, solves a lot of the problems of the environment and social acceptance and, and, pe- and technology that people are familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to come back to that, but we're going to take uh, a momentary break here from our sponsors and we will be right back. Great. everyone. Welcome back. We are with John Rigg and we are talking about all things augmented reality and technology and construction. Uh, so, you know, we were just talking about a little bit of the reticence to to kind of put these devices on in the field, but, you know, you, you did mention that, you know, the technology is improving all the time. And we know that, um, you know, Meta and Apple are coming out with their devices. You know, they have all the money in the world to, to, to do a, a device like a HoloLens or Magic Leap has just released a new device um, that's more in the mixed reality vein. And they chose to, at least for consumers, uh, do pass-through video instead of true AR. So, um, you know, first, first we will, we can, if you can share with the audience sort of the difference and then, right. you know, what you think those devices, what impact there will be um, just on, on the industry. Yeah, I think it's it's really interesting and, and something that uh, I was hoping they'd go that direction. Actually, so uh, when you, if you look at things like augmented reality with the Hololens and Magic Leap and Daiquiri, um, and what you know, what they do is they they have incredible technology that allows you to to see your your environment uh, and, and they project things on a lens in front of your face, uh, so uh, you can see your normal environment uh, and, and it, it's it's an extremely hard techno- technological task to do that um, uh, versus virtual reality, where um, if anybody's ever used that, it's, it's, it's like putting a bag over your head and projecting something on the inside of a bag. Um, so you see what's being projected and um, the concept of pass-through. So uh, the like the Meta uh, and the Quest uh, um, goggles uh, have forward-facing cameras to help uh, show where you're at in the environment to, as you're moving around in the virtual environment. It helps it helps you move around and and one of the things they've done is be able to use that pass through camera and display it on the inside of the goggle. So if you ever uh, if you have kids and you've ever seen gone to a uh, an event where your parents are recording their kids on a an iPad and watching the iPad instead of the event, um, it's a similar type of thing. It's a pass through, right? Um, uh, you're you're watching uh, an image of of what the camera is seeing, and uh, uh, that's a really interesting technology um, for a couple different reasons. One is is the 
the price difference and the, the technology to do virtual reality uh, is a lot less complex than it is to do augmented reality. Um, so they, you know, a meta uh, goggle is around $300, um, you know, uh, an AR um, HoloLens or, or a Magic Leap is in the thousands of dollars, right? Uh, so the price difference there makes it a, a much easier um, way to get it into an environment, get it into an enterprise. Um, you know, if I lose a $300 pair of goggles, it's not as big a deal as if I lose a 6,000 pair you know, of goggles. So, yeah. um, you know, the, and, and it does overcome some challenges. So um, as we've talked about with augmented reality, um, light source is, is a big problem. So if you're, if you're out in, in bright daylight, uh, it really competes with the, the light of the HoloLens and, and what you can see. So um, with a, a virtual reality, you don't have that problem because you're, uh, it, it's projecting a, a hologram on an image that you're overlaying uh, through the pass-through. So um, there's a lot of advantages there. Uh, and uh, um, I, I think as they improve, um, today the, 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 the cameras are pretty low resolution and they're, they're, they're black and gray, grayscale. Um, but you think about what you can do with that in the future. You can use really, um, high resolution HD cameras. Uh, you can use thermal imaging, uh, mm -hmm. if, if you wanted to, uh, and display, uh, you know, a thermal image uh, of something in your environment and augment that with, um, you know, drawings. Uh, so you can look at, uh, what is what is that's that's hot in the ceiling? Uh, oh well, that's a, a hot water pipe that's running through it, and you can see you can trace it down uh, through a uh, a drawing, right? So I think there's a lot of opportunity there. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, how it will be used in construction might be difficult because uh, you know from a safety perspective, having a, a virtual reality goggle or a bag <laughs> over your head is, is probably not a good thing. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's where. You know, augmented reality you kind of pulls ahead in the in the uh, in the construction world just from a safety factor. But I think if you get that accepted, um, you know, on a job site uh, from a virtual reality, if they do it well enough, uh, it has a lot of opportunity. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right, and I think it it may address some of that. You know, social acceptance. Now, by the way, those are even more space age and bulky and weird to look at right so yeah you have like literally a brick on your face but um i they, the the designs that have that have been you know leaked in air quotes uh look like there it's a much sleeker design especially what we've seen um coming from from apple um so i'm excited for those those devices to hit the market and i think that um from the consumer perspective I think we still haven't scratched the surface for consumers. Like they just don't care about the devices, right? It's still in that domain of gamers and, um, you know, and it runs, it runs the, the, you know, the gamut in terms of age because gamers are all ages, but they do live in sort of that younger, you know, eight to 18 realm. Um, but I think as these devices get smaller and smaller and more acceptable to wear, to your point, um, I, I think we'll see more movement in the workspace. Um, and, you know, I, I guess this is a question for you too, in terms of VR and AR, like I don't look at them as competing technologies. I really look at them as like you use, just like, you, you know, in some cases you want to use your laptop 
in other cases, you want to just do something on your phone. I think it'll be the same with VR versus AR, um, especially maybe design reviews and walkthroughs. You can do those in VR pretty easily if you're in a controlled environment. Where do you see that delineation? And do you see, you know, deploying both kinds of headsets for different utility? Yeah, I mean, right now the, there's not as much competition and we do have some overlap. Uh, you know, some of the things, uh, you know, I, I talked about the, the Alaska Airlines tours that we were given, um, you know, through the, in the environment. Uh, you can do that same type of thing in VR. Um, so there is some overlap. The experience is a little bit different though. Um, you know, when we do that tour in, in AR, um, I can talk to you and, and see where you're at and, and see your body, right. And, and, and walk you through some environment. Or I can overlay that over a real life image and have a, a digital twin type of scenario. Uh, in VR, it's a little bit different to where um, I can do something similar, but I, I'm showing you and I, and I see an avatar of me, right? right uh, and like waist up. Waist up, Sometimes yeah. Someone's arm is like this. <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, so so it's a little bit different, you know, experience. It. So I think in, in, a, in a really good collaborative experience where you want to work with somebody uh, in the same room. Um, AR is is a, a really good way to do that, as well as if you want to use AR to uh, really understand the environment. So if you're if you're overlaying a model, uh, for example, we did a we did a proof of concept where we had we were building power plants and uh, we did a, a model of the all the underground utilities. And so we were able to basically overlay that in the environment and have an x-ray view of of what is in the environment uh, so that we're not digging up our own utilities. Um, so that's a good way to do that. In VR, you don't really have that because you're, you're not seeing the, the, uh, the environment around you. You're not overlaying it uh, in that space. But I think as, as uh, like the meta, uh, and I think you'll see more of a merge, just a, just a mixed reality. I think, it, I think it's going to be devices that can provide AR or VR in the same modes. Um, usually in VR, you get a much richer experience because you're not competing with the, the natural environment and, and the way the technology works. Um, you can provide a much richer experience, um, but, but AR has its capabilities as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to say um, you are incredibly thoughtful in, in this space. And, and I, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm very, very aligned with your vision and, and just, and how you innovate. So, so kudos to, to, you know, you and your team for steaming in because it, it's been a challenge in the AEC industry. I mean, just in general, the reticence to bring in new technology, but let alone really cutting edge technology. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, it just warms my heart. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, I'm fortunate to work for, for a company. Uh, Kiwit's been around since 1884. I mean, we've been around for a while, uh, but we've always been an innovative company. Uh, there's a great story of uh, how our, some of our founders, as we were building a building, decided they wanted to do it uh, more efficiently. So instead of using a, a two and a quarter inch brick, they used a three inch brick or made, developed a three inch brick. And it doesn't seem like much, but you think about it, it's less bricks, less mortar, less hauling around. Yeah. Um, so, you know, innovation is, is part of our culture and, uh, you know, and technology, bringing technology into that is uh, uh, very much part of that. Uh, our, our our CEO of, of, of a construction company has gotten up and 
in front of our company and says, we're going to be a data-driven company. Um, and for, for a construction company to say that, that's pretty unique. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's very exciting. Um, I, uh, I will stay in touch with you because I'm very excited to see what you do next, especially as, as these new devices start to hit the market, they're going to be smaller, lighter, more powerful. Um, so I'm excited to see how you guys, uh, help us really push the industry forward. That's, that is our goal here at Future Construct. Right. Yeah. We're excited too. We, you know, we like, uh, I have a great job. I get I get a, to to work with new technologies every day and and see new things and, and get get hands on. Uh, we were fortunate enough to be you know in the first wave of, of new technology for for Hololens and uh, and a lot of the other technologies we've we've worked with. Uh, so we're always open to new technologies and we try not to get pigeonholed and just we just do this and uh, because everybody is advancing very quickly. Um, and uh, everybody kind of leaps over each other. So it's great to see some competition in that space so that uh, that can really move forward. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. So we're going to shift gear. I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everyone, and this is a moment for you to kind of turn your innovation lens inward. Um, So if you could project yourself, you know, 20, 25 years into the future, and you could have, you know, any technology, any gadget, anything that just made your life better or just makes you happy in some way, what would it be and what would it do? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, as much as uh, like Amazon Alexa, you know, people are, are scared about, you know, them listening to you and, um, you know, what it's doing in your life. I, I think, you know, the the uh, the digital assistant type of, of, of technology that's tied into your house and um, your, your life. Uh, you know, I, I'm a technologist, so I, I play with technology all the time and I, I enjoy it when, when I can uh, use my, my Alexa to turn off a light or uh, to tell me somebody's at my front door or uh, find my dog. If the dog gets lost. Right. I did uh, actually so, see your dog. So I know where your dog is. I can help you. Right. There. Yeah. So, <laughs> so she's a new puppy. She's got a, a, a tracking tag on her. So <laughs> Uh, I can find her if I lose her um, and I can call her back too. Uh, I can have Alexa call her. Um, so I think just that I'm very much into how technology integrates and, and seeing technologies work together. So, you know, in the future, I'd you know, love to see the, you know, the, the AR and VR and the IOT and the, uh, you know, digital assistants, uh, you know, working together in, in a kind of a seamless fashion so that you can, um, you know, it makes your life better. It gives you more uh, input to your life, I guess. So that's fantastic. Well, I'm I'm right there with you, and I have actually I've got Alexa here, I've got Alexa all over the house, and you know, we will actually. You mentioned being you know a data driven company. Hopefully, we will all be our own data driven companies, and we'll start to to you know take the time to manage our own data. That is that is that is what I want to bring with us: the ability to kind of have self sovereign identity and you know manage what we put out there. Um, and I think I think I think we'll get there. But I I love the way you think. I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. 